Hello and welcome to the third episode of the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. We're going to continue on series one of the podcast to talk about the first series of Only Fools and Horses. This episode will be covering episodes four to six of the first series of Only Fools and Horses. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast and we can uh, get that Patreon page one day and monetize this. That's where this is heading, hopefully. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the podcast. Okay, so now episode four is called The Second Time Around. 30 minutes, 7.8 million views, 29th of, the, of September 1981 it aired. It's gone up a little a little bit more again. Yes, it has. Quickly take a break while I open this. There you go. So the viewership, yeah, as you say, is increasing slightly. Um, and this is where we first meet one of Del Boy's very many fiancés. Uh, we find out the reason, actually, in Rock and Chips for, the, uh, for Del Boy getting engaged so many times is because uh, a car dealer who was sort of like a mentor figure to him when he was a kid, uh, when he was growing up, said, um, you know, if you get engaged, then the, the your fiancé... Yeah, they'll put out because they want to. They want to please their fiance. They want to make sure they get married. Um, and whatever you think of that viewpoint or that motivation, that was sort of Del Boy's motivation, and it sort of stuck with him. And he and it, it's great that bit of writing in Rock and Chips because it, it does explain why he done it. And uh, yeah, because you don't really know why. Yeah, and he he gets engaged. Yeah, and he gets engaged. He's engaged so many times, and he doesn't seem to have a connection with all these women he's been engaged with. Um, but this woman here we're going to meet, he does seem does seem to have an effect on Del. He's not the same person when he's around her. But anyway, the episode starts with Del and Rodney uh, sending handkerchiefs down the market. Del said he wants to go into the nag's head and get a pint because he's got a sore throat. Um, and Rodney says, can you get me a packet of pork scratchings? Uh, Del goes into the nag's head and Del's speaking to Trigger. And Trigger points out that Del's ex, uh, Pauline Harris, is back in town. And that she's uh, she's in the pub. Uh, when Del sees her, he still look he he looks like different. He's he's got feelings for her. She seems to have an effect on him. Uh, Del boy goes over and chats, and that's where uh, she says she's been uh, married twice, and she's been widowed twice. Uh, Rodney comes in and uh, you know asking where's his pork pork scratchings, and when Del you know tells. Uh, Rodney about you know Pauline's luck about the fact that you know Pauline has um been widowed twice. There's a great line that Del goes. She's had two husbands die on her. Rodney goes one more and she keeps the match ball. Brilliant line. <laughs> and uh, we see straight away Rodney. He's not he's not fond of Pauline. He remembers Pauline, and uh, yeah, Pauline's not good news for Del Boy in, uh, in Rodney's eyes. Uh, so Pauline goes off to the toilet and Rodney talks to Del about how she screwed him up last time. Um, and Del says, you know, they're older and they're, they're more mature. And Del says, you know, in your heart of heart, I know that you're worried about me, Rodney. And I don't really know. I don't. I appreciate your advice, but I don't really know how to say it. But, you know, Rodney, shove it, Rodney. <laughs> shove it. Brilliant. Um, back in the flat. Grandin and Rodney are discussing Del being involved with Pauline again. 
and Grandad talks about how Pauline always cheated on Del and how Del used to get into fights. And Del comes in drunk. Brilliant bit where Del comes in through the door going, da-da, visibly smashed. And Rodney's sort of got his feet on the couch and uh, the, the door opens, flings straight into Rodney's foot and goes back straight up. But that was face. Absolutely great. Act natural. Stay vaguely at them tellies, right? And no questions. <laughs> Del Boy comes in, um, talks about how her and um, Pauline are engaged, and says that. She's going to be moving in with them, which Grandad and Rodney detest. Yeah, they detest. Uh, so, a day or so later, we see Pauline moving with the trotters. The next scene starts off with Pauline as uh, she's moved in with the trotters. She's sitting on the couch doing her nails. Del Boy's eating steak and she's refused to cook for Rodney and Grandad. Um, and we find out that she's taken Grandad's false teeth so he doesn't eat during the day. Um, she also suggests that. Dell and Rodney put Grandad in a home. Yeah, straight away she comes in and starts manipulating it. Mm. And this is this really is, unlikely. This is one character. of the first. Yeah, this is one of the first times you come across a character who is just not even funny. Really, you no. just dislike her. Yeah, and it also like up to this point, it's all been really funny moments, um, funny situations. And this one, it's like a little bit serious. It's like this woman's coming to their mm. lives and trying to manipulate the situation so it's just her and Dell basically. Mm. And also, you kind of be thinking if her past two husbands have died, so she's going to try and do something to Dell. Well, exactly. So I mean, it's a serious situation. This one almost turns into a bit of a serious situation with a lot of comical moments in it. Mm. It definitely. And um, so, and again, actually, so, I mean, we're sort of jumping ahead to the ending here, but Rodney sort of saves Dell Boy here. And this is where the yeah. benefit comes of. Rodney being the realist, who's like, look, she's had two husbands. She's had two husbands die. Why do you think that happened? That's a bit strange. Del Boy's the dreamer, like, you know, it's going to be different. You know, things are going to be... It's the pessimism that, in this case, saves saves Del. And this is an example of how Rodney is good for Del, yeah. which I really like. It's probably the first time we really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We, um, we find out that Pauline also is trying to get Del to get some life insurance. Um, the alarm bells are ringing. Alarm bells, they are going off right now. I've had to uh, had to hide the microphone because of sound interference because those alarm bells are firing. Pauline also suggests that they should apply for a house. And, you know, Dell says, yeah, I'm not on the government records. And, you know, I can't do that because then the government are going to know I'm alive. And Yeah, so that's an interesting one going mm. back to what we said earlier on about, you know, that he must be on the government records somewhere because he has the council flat. Exactly, yeah. So, it's an interesting one, really, how that makes sense. But maybe it is just still under his mum's name, essentially. Yeah. You don't know. That's true. Very true. Um, yeah, Pauline's saying you could put it in my name, then. Again, more alarm bells. They are going off. The fire is spreading. The following morning, Rodney and Grandad, they've had enough, and they're going to move out. They're going to go and stay with their Aunt Rose in Clacton on Sea in Essex. It's then when Dell gets a call from Trigger. Trigger's saying that the police have investigated Pauline's uh, late husband, Bobby Finch. They've investigated his death and they said that he died of food poisoning. It's that point where 
Dell, you know, tells Trigger to mind his own business, stop interfering, tells Rodney and Grandad about this. And uh, Rodney looks over at Dell's food, another big fry up and says, food's getting cold, Dell. <laughs> <laughs> they leave and Dell's saying, oi, hold on, um, you know, Rodney and Grandad. Rodney shouts back, we're not, we're not going to turn back, you know, we're not sticking about. And this is the point where Dell goes, hang about, I'm coming with you. Yeah. And brilliant. Absolutely bit, brilliant. Bit. No, uh, they literally abandon their flat. Yeah. women's there. <laughs> uh, next scene, we see them arrive at Auntie Rose's cottage in Clacton. They come in. They come in. Rod, you know, Del Boy hugs Auntie. He said, oh, but you never thought you'd see us again. They come in. <laughs> that was granddad. I chose a channel on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> the next time, next scene, we see them. Um, you know, they're eating a lovely meal. Auntie Rose cooked for them. Del Boy, you know, offers Auntie Rose some food. Sort of saying, you know, I don't want you spending any of your good money on us. Talks about the note that she left. he left for Pauline. And right here, if I ever am in a situation where I can get a female to love me, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it off. Um, I want this to be the note that I write. He writes... Apparently, he says to uh, Grandad and Rodney, uh, my dearest Pauline, the engagement's off, the wedding's off, and as you can gather from this letter, I'm off. I'll give you five clear days to get out of the flat and do not ever come back, you money-grabbing old murderers. <laughs> All my love, Del Boy. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and then Auntie Rose at that point, you know, who's cooking for him, says, I just want to ask you one thing. Who are you? <laughs> good, great. It's brilliant. That's the highlight of the episode. So good. You, you mean we've been here, you've cooked for us, we've each had a hot bath each, and you don't know who we are? Well, you seem to know me. At <laughs> that point, you know, they, they sort of sort of fudge the truth about who they are. Um, so they come back to the flat, and they see the flat is clean. It's, you know, there's... No Pauline to be found. She's gone, and they're a bit confused by this. They're uh, expecting it to be a right state. Exactly, expecting it to be trashed. You're expecting there uh, to just, I don't know, just to be destroyed. And uh, yeah, Pauline's cleaned up. They find that a bit weird. And they answer the phone, and they find out it's a talking clock. And then they read a letter that's been sent from Pauline, and it turns out that. Pauline had rung Tim the Talking Clock, Tim the Talking Clock in America, and she'd done that about five days ago. Grandad takes the phone and goes, do you mean we're speaking to America? Hello, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And that's where we see Del and Rodney, Rodney. go, oh, hang it up. <laughs> and cow. She only found the talking clock before she left. And this is, oh, Bennett, this is dated four days ago. I don't want to worry you, Dill, but this Tim's got a funny accent. She only found a talking clock in America, don't she? Are you connected to America? It's amazing, isn't it? Hello! Hang it up! Great, great. Okay, great way to end. Great ending. The, uh, out, out... The um, credit roll start rolling, mm. music starts in, the drum beat kicks in. It's a great episode. Mm. It's a great ending to the episode. 
Mm. So now we move on to episode five, A Slow Bus to Chingford. Um, and in this episode, it starts off with Rodney Trotter. He's at home with a very attractive female called Janice. And he's trying to talk to her about art. She's uh, not very interested. Um, and Delboy comes in. And again, this supports my theory about how Rodney actually did have quite good luck with, with women. And in a lot of the time, if it wasn't for Delboy, as we're going to see in a second, ruining his chances, he would have actually had, like, the, the, Rodney's not the one ruining his luck with women. It's Del most of the time. Like, Rodney by himself is actually quite good with ladies, if you think about it. Yeah, so you wouldn't think it, because, mm. to, to be honest, you don't really see Rodney go up and, and not very often do you see him get girls, but when he does get them, yeah. they are, like, obviously quite good looking in there and almost above his league. He must it, have, yeah. It is always Del that ruins it for him. Um, and then mm. why you feel bad for Rodney is his granddad and, and Del always taking the mick out of him mm. uh, for not having any luck, when it's really their fault. Yeah, yeah. So you do feel bad for him. He must have, like, what Peter Crouch has, because he's, he's like... Very oh. tall fella, and he's quite decent with 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 with, with the old I mean, ladies. Peter Crouch has a lot he, of he's, money. He's got so. a lot of money and fame. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. If Peter, Peter Crouch grew up on the Nelson Mandela the house. Nelson Mandela house. Do you not reckon he'd get much much luck? No, uh, I don't know. I think he's a funny guy. Actually, yeah, I yeah. Think he's a funny guy. So yeah. uh, I reckon he'd be alright. But yeah. Uh, yeah, they're doing something right. Yeah. Something tall and yeah, lanky. There must be an appeal there. Um, get in touch if there is any attractive women out there, and they yeah. let us know if you find that attractive. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not tall, tall, or um, <laughs> but you know, if I was, you're not even that pale. So I'm not even that pale. No, not at all. No, no. Um, You've got nothing going for you. I've not got the wit of, of Rodney. Um, so yeah, they're listening to music, and um, you know, Rodney's trying to get on with this uh, with this woman. So yeah, Del comes in, and he like turns off the music. He puts on the lights, ruining the mood. And he said he's got a new job for Delbo uh, for Rodney. And Rodney's cutting on straight away um, when Delboy tells him that it's a job that is at a bus depot and it's going to be at night. Rodney thinking he's going to be a night watchman. Del trying to assure him he's, he's not a night watchman. He calls him a nocturnal security officer. Um. And as we see in the next scene, it turns out Rodney actually is a night watchman. So the following night, they are in the bus depot. Um, and, and the company's called Trotter Watch, by the way. Trotter Watch, that's quality. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I'd definitely, mm. if I was to become a, a night and nocturnal security officer, yeah. I'd definitely want to go work for Trotter Watch. Trotter Watch. Or if you wanted like a nice timepiece, you know, Trotter Watch. Yeah. 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 I like that. Or you want want a nice um, want a bit of a booze up well, trot trot scotch. Scotch, or you could say the mm. uh, trotter watch comes into it a bit later. Ooh, uh, ooh. ooh. bit bit too soon for that. Bit though, too so. soon, bit of <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, so yeah, Del Boy and Rodney they're at the bus depot, and Del Boy saying he's going to go on a date with Janice. Um, saying and Rodney seems a bit you know annoyed by this and says, "Well, you'd rather want me dating dating her than someone else." And uh, I mean, he's a bit of a knob, isn't he, Delboy? He's a bit of a knob. He's yeah, um, mm. especially in the first maybe series or two. Mm. Um, I think where I grew up watching all of them all in one kind mm. of all together. Uh, in the later series, he's definitely a bit more. He's a bit. He's a bit kinder to, to his family members, Rodney. Mm. Uh, he wears his heart in his sleeve a bit more. In, in the early episode, he is a bit of that con man. Yeah. He's not, there are times where you don't really like him, you don't like mm. the decisions he makes, so this is probably one of those times. It's like most of the time where Del Boy is doing things, 
Uh, you can see there's like maybe like another motive to to get some money to put food on the table, so he's exploiting Rodney a bit, like he's yeah. doing here the Night Watchman thing. But this one, he's just purely, he's just just being a bit of a knob. He's just just trying to get under his skin, really, and we'll try to get his end away. Um. So, yeah, it turns out that Rodney is a Night Watchman, uh, and in exchange for I can't remember the guy who who owns the bus depot, but basically the person who has the bus depot. He's going to loan them a bus for something that Del Boy is calling <coughs> Trotter's Ethnic Tours, right? Um, and they'll be, and Del Boy is going to take people around places in London that your mainstream tour tour guides won't take you. Um, now, Lee Valley Viaduct or um, a slow walk in Croydon. And yeah, he got a couple here. Yeah, go on. Classic ones. Um, mm. The location of where Jack the Ripper was buried. Yeah. Well, no one knows where Jack the Ripper was buried, but I can't prove me wrong there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the house where Sherlock Holmes was born. <laughs> 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 so that, those are the type. That, that's what Dell's treating um, yeah. everyone to. So. <laughs> and he, he says, Granddad's been out distributing a thousand leaflets. Um and <laughs> remember that because that does come back. It does come back. So it's clever writing there. It's kind of that that line's kind of thrown in. Yeah. At the start, but then that all kind of comes full circle at the end. So mm. it's clever, clever writing on this episode. Definitely. Um. So a few days later, um, we see Delboy, Rodney, and Grandad all on the bus in the early morning, waiting for people to arrive, and no one's coming. Um. Granddad, you know, bets with uh, Dell fifty pounds. No one will turn up, and Dell says, you know, there are people who turn up. He bets him fifty pounds. Day goes on. No one's turning up. No one's it's turning also, up. I think it's this bit. Um, mm. Is this the bit where they get the beers in? Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's Granddad goes to the, the yeah. pub to so get the beers. Granddad goes down the street to a pub. You couldn't do this now. That's no, like, no, that's no. Point out. Yeah, Granddad leaves the bus, goes down the street, and mm. gets three pints in, mm. carries them on a tray. Mm. You'd never get a pub in London being that trusted now. No, never. No, no. So nice little thing. I like that. But, it was when, when I watched that episode, it was one of those things to pick up on. Yeah. I always think that. Think about like the coordination skills though of Granddad to be. Because if he he carried them a fair distance, didn't? Ain't no spillage involved there. I'm, I reckon he's some kind of Mr. Miyagi type type figure. Because that, that is incredible balance and skill. Good balance, yeah. And mm. also, could you imagine doing something what they were doing? Obviously, trying to run a tour bus. Obviously, mm. I know no one was there. Mm. But they're just drinking pints. Drink driving. People, yeah, drink driving. Yeah. Drinking on the job. Yeah. Just shows of time, times have changed. Times have changed. Last couple of decades. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, no one's turning up. And they go up to the top deck. And Del Boy starts talking about his his grand vision, where they're they're standing in their their skyscraper on the balcony with Trotter's Independent Traders initials in bright neon letters on the building, and they're with these these women. And um, he says, <laughs> I think he was saying braless but classy. Joe, your Janice doesn't wear a bra. Yeah, I know. Uh, I like that joke there. And and again, he probably shows Del Boy. He probably did did yeah, have it okay. away. Sorry, I'll just mm. put in. Fun little fact about Janice. Mm. Uh, played by an actress called Gaynor Ward. Mm. And she was Rodney's girlfriend at the time. Oh, really? In real life, yeah. So. Get in, my son. So it just goes to show, even with Rodney's looking in real life, yeah. still called a bird like that. And he wasn't really a big successful actor at no, this he, time. No, well, he wouldn't have been. No. Because this hadn't aired yet. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he would have done the bits before. But he would have done butterflies, but he wouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, he would. You know, this is what made him really famous, and he mm. hadn't done it yet. So it just goes to show he still had the pulling power in real life. So yeah. good for you. Well, in son. Um, yeah. Do you reckon though, even if like say you're an actor yeah. and you're in a, in a show, like do you reckon being an actor on a BBC show is enough to like no, give to you credibility? Honest, you're probably right. Yeah, you are. Do you reckon? Right. Yeah. Especially back then as well, because when you think about it, mm. back then there was only like a handful of channels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you, it's not like today where you have hundreds of channels and mm. they have to fill it all the time with like crap. Yeah. They would have carefully picked what they have, and they would have carefully picked the actors to go in those shows. So mm. even if you made it onto a show, then you're smashing it somewhere. Yeah. The thing is, Whereas the pay, now, the pay probably wasn't that good though. No, yeah. Not like today, where you get a ridiculous amount of money. Pay probably was just like a normal, obviously yeah. enough to live on. Yeah. But it wasn't like you were um, unless like you a celebrity status of richness. Or something yeah. Like that, you know? Unless you're like one of the proper proper big stars. Like, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like a big film star or something like that. But yeah. I can't imagine these guys are getting paid a huge amount. No. No. Yeah. It's like um, going off topic a little bit. Mm. Uh, the In Betweeners. Oh yeah. Came out on Channel Four about ten years ago. Mm. After the first season, they all went back to their normal jobs. Really? Because they didn't have enough. I think Jay in it was used to fit kitchens. Oh really? So I think he went and went back to fitting kitchens. I think he said in like an interview sometimes. So mm. this goes to show even now you don't get a huge amount of money in it. No, yeah, it's true. Very true. I have this dream. You and I own this skyscraper office block on the south bank. We're standing on a balcony in a penthouse suite with a couple of salts. Gabrielle, Bianca. Braless, but with class. Yeah, did you know your Janice doesn't wear a bra? Yeah, I know. Oh, you know. <laughs> it's at this point that Rodney points out the subliminal message that while they're standing up there on the balcony of their, their skyscraper in 50-foot high lettering, is the word tit. I think that dream of yours contains a subliminal message. Yeah. You are. A sort of subconscious truth. You see this skyscraper belonging to Trotter's independent traders, right? Yeah. And on the roof are the company's initials, and you're standing on the penthouse balcony. Well, don't you see what the dream's trying to tell you? As you're standing on that balcony with your red drink, just above your head in 50 foot high neon lettering is the word <laughs> and I think that's just a brilliant joke. And it's at that yeah. point, yeah. I, I love that joke. It's, it's what good. I remember. It's probably mm. the one thing I remember. Oh, I remember yeah. the whole episode, but it's the number one thing that sticks out. If you yeah. say slow burst of chink for me, it's that that scene there. Mm. And the reason I love it is because it basically sums up the Trotter brothers mm. as a whole. They're always yeah. planning out their future, mm. and it's unrealistic. Mm. But he's so convincing that he sells you the idea yeah. while he's selling Rodney the idea. Yeah. And you do get caught up in it. And mm. you always kind of got in the back of your mind. You don't know whether he's just saying it to, to put one over Rodney or mm. whether he genuinely thinks that's the future. Yeah. You like to think that's genuinely what's to happen. Mm. And then kind of Rodney comes in and just kind of throws water over the fire mm. by saying he's going to be standing there with tit above him. Yeah. That, that kind of brings him back down to reality. And that's yeah. it, it's quite a bittersweet scene that. Yeah, and it's 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 quite strange actually because like is you know earlier on they they see right there that, that it spells tip, but they never change it. They still go with Trotter's independent traders. It's, yeah. it's a mad yeah, but I, I like that. Um, so yeah, it's at that point that Dell is give he's, he's given up, and they call it a day. Um, Granddad saying to Rodney, you know, he's happy. He's, 
He's got a day out of the house, a free drink, one £50 bet. And um, then when Dell's about to chuck the sign that he'd made up for the bus in the chute, Grandad gets worried and Dell comes out with the thousand leaflets. For some reason, they were pink leaflets. Very strange. Uh, the thousand pink leaflets um, and, you know, shouts at Grandad and chases after him. Um, it turns out Grandad had thrown all the pink leaflets down the chute. And uh, Grandad says the line, it wasn't me, it was just me brain, which I think the great, great line. Um, and yeah, so the episode ends. So not one of the, the better episodes, but it was, it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I quite like the episode. It's mm. always stick to my mind. But the three that always stick in my mind from Series 1, I see mm. that one, mm. the Russians are coming, which we're going to talk about after, yeah, yeah. And, and Cash and, and Curry. Cause yeah. I, don't, I think it just... It, they just sum up what the the trot of all their scams and that and their schemes and just mm. sums them up quite well in those episodes. Not really in the Russians coming. It's not really a scam. No, it kind of starts. Not really a scheme. Really. It kind of starts off at one, but um, it just kind of goes into their minds. You see how their minds work and things like that. So, but mm. yeah, I, I like all three of those episodes. I think it's a strong season. Season one. It is, yeah, and um, it's uh, can only only get stronger. Only, only get better. Yeah. Can only get better. In the words of D. Ream, it can only it can only get better. Until those last three episodes and the abomination that was the comic relief special, but let's uh, it's you're, not. You're, you get a bit too caught up. I, in it, the it, comic it, relief special. It is what it is. It's a, I, for me. It's just a, it is literally a sketch. It's just a little sketch. I'm not. It, at no point did I sit down and yeah. think this is going to be as good as the series. I thought it'd just be nice to see them both together again. Do you know, like when when you say, for example, you have like a great season, a great Premier League season, and. Um, I'll tell you what, what that, that current colleague special was like. It was like the Champions League final when Liverpool playing Real Madrid. We had a great road to that, that final. And this is what you're going to remember the season. Oh, I suppose it isn't like that. But it's not like look, that. i tell you what it's yeah. like. Right? If you were to put Liverpool have won the league. But they have the last game of the season. They have the last game of the season. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But it's against, no someone, remember it. it's against someone like, uh, like Bryson. Yeah, yeah. And they lose. They lose, yeah. It doesn't matter. But it's just a little bit of a mm. little bit of salt in the mouth just to uh, to end it but, really. It's a bit... But what it is is we don't just lose, we get hammered. Like that yeah, that that yeah, comic yeah. relief right. special. It would be like a three 0 loss. Yeah. What it is, what it is, is say for example that last game of the season, we lost five nil to Brighton. We won the league, lost five nil to Brighton, and they say the games all the proceeds of the game is gonna go to charity. Um so it'd be you know, I'm glad that they played the game because the money went to a good cause, but that is all I can say about it. And it was a blemish on what otherwise was an amazing bit moment in time. Yeah, it's that's such a shame. It's, mm. it's something I tell you what it's like. It's like that scenario, um, but for whatever reason you couldn't make it up there all season to go watch a game, mm. and that was the game you went to see. Yeah, and it's a shame it was that one. Yeah, and they had a different manager who was who was at the helm, which is why they probably why they lost so bad. Yeah, Klopp had received a uh, mm. a uh, ban. I suppose for a couple of games. So yeah, someone else had to step in. Yeah. That's what it was like, yeah. Anyway, episode six. <laughs> um, the, the Russians are coming. Um, and this this episode, uh, it shows the kind of political writing that John Sullivan had. And I think we, we know that John Sullivan was quite political. Obviously, before this, he wrote Citizen Smith. Quite a, um, not an overtly political show, but it did touch. It was it was a political show. It was about a, um, I think a sort it was of... A, I think it was a very social political show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially for the time. Definitely, yeah. So the next episode is The Russians Are Coming, and this was released in 1981, um, and 1981 was still a time when there was uh, a lot of Cold War tension. This was a year after we had the Moscow Olympics, which the US boycotted. Uh, Britain attempted 
while Margaret Thatcher attempted a British boycott but was unsuccessful. Uh, 1981 was when the Iran hostage crisis ended. Uh, Ronald Reagan had just become president and he was committed to really like strengthening and modernising US weapons and uh, trying to roll back communism in South America, Africa and South Asia. And there was the Soviet war in Afghanistan as well was, was going on. So the Cold War was still very much around. And we know that John Sullivan was very much, I mean, I wouldn't say he was overtly a political um, writer, but he did like to dabble in politics, of course, before this he'd written Citizen Smith. Yeah. So, yeah, this wasn't unfamiliar territory to the writer or to the show. They did bring up political um, political topics a lot of the time. And, yeah, here's a good example of it. Um, what do you have any memories of uh, the Russians are coming this episode? Like, was it a particularly favourite of yours? Yeah, I like it. Um, the reason I like it is kind of like a it's it's a half a bottle episode. Mm. Um, it's you know like in I think they were saying there's some Friends documentary like they said like um this probably doesn't apply but they said like in Friends because they have to make like so many num like this ridiculous number of episodes. There's some episodes they just want to set in the flat. They yeah. want to set in one location to. Save yeah. on budget. Saves on budget, exactly yeah. that. And um, they kind of... I don't think they really saved on budget for this episode, mm. really, just because they still had to build that set, which they only used once. Yeah. With friends, is they already had the flat. Yeah, yeah. It was always in use. Yeah. So the fact that they only set it in the flat... I, I can kind of memorise some of the episodes where they just set it in a flat. Mm. But the fact they did that, they had it all pre-built. Mm. So the only thing they were really paying for is the actors' wages and mm. producing it. And the cast and all you that. didn't have to worry about crew, building yeah. other sets and things like this. But in this, they actually built... First of all, it's not for the whole episode because mm. the first half of it is, is, them, is them outside yeah, building yeah. it. Um, and the second half is like the bottle episode where they're in a shelter. But yeah. what I like about it is is they all three of them are stuck in a space together and you mm. see how they get on Yeah, yeah. when they're stuck together. And, and it's great. You get some good banter between them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're something quite nice about watching it. So it's a good yeah. episode. You see him all, you see him abandoned, you also see him come together as a family. So mm. they, I always remember this episode. It's, um, yeah, I've got good memories of it. It's a great, great episode. Um, so, yeah, so it starts off with um, Del Boy bringing Rodney to a building site where he shows him that he's just bought a ton of bricks. Rodney's, you know, he's a bit confused saying, oh, what, what, you know, why have you bought a ton of bricks? And uh, Del Boy shows him underneath it is some lead, which uh, that, that's been left. And, um, you know, he said this could be worth a grand. So when they get back to the flat, uh, Rodney, so the leg comes in a box and Rodney's reading this instructional leaflet uh, that came with a box. And it turns out this lead was part of a nuclear fallout shelter. And Rodney's saying that they should build it. Del Boy, you know, he's understandably sort of a bit sceptical and he's saying, you know, we've got the grand's worth of lead here. You know, why are we going to build this? You know, we should be selling this. And Rodney's like, you know, you don't know when bombs are going to be dropping. Um, as, I, as I say, Cold War tensions were still around at this time, very much the big, big thing. So, yeah, Rodney convinces them, you know, let's build it. And they decide to uh, to build it on Grandad's allotment. Um, but as Rodney says, they'll when the bombs will go off, they'll probably only get like a three or four minute warning. Four minute warning. Four minute yeah. warning. So that's something that happened during the war, wasn't it? It was like a four minute warning yeah, when the so bombs were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, technology probably improved by this point. Obviously yeah. Like, I don't know, like 40 years later or something yeah. like that. So they probably might have had a bit long, but obviously they don't know that. So yeah. they're just going on the fact that it's a four minute warning. Mm. Uh, and you get a great scene where they're racing 
um, mm. from the flat to Granddad's allotment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, next scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you get it. another thing about what I was saying about this being a bottle episode. It kind of is still um, up to this point because the only other, the, to my memory, the only other character in it is the uh, the police officer. Yeah, I can't that's think true. of anyone else. Yeah. In it, so yeah, j- just really these three together working, mm. t- kind of working together, kind of going against each other as well. But yeah, it's another reason why I like this episode. It's kind yeah. of quite a intense family episode, which I quite like. Yeah, and it's and it's in that scene actually, the next scene where they um they're trying to race to the allotment, see if they can make it in four minutes. They get stopped by the police officer for speeding. But we kind of see Del Boy standing in the community because he's you know he's joking with the police officer. The police officer comes over to him, and he's. Like he's not even. I think gives him like a warning, but he's yeah, not he even. Knows, he knows Dell, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he knows Dell, and Dell knows everyone. So he yeah, goes, listen, I'm gonna have a word with you, but it's just funny the idea of this Robert Reliance. Yeah, yeah. Speeding down the streets yeah. because of the four minute warning when obviously there's nothing in real life. You, they're trying to put it into context, but they can't really. So mm. it's, it's quite funny. And a line I really love from it is when uh, the police officer is saying. Um, you know, have you seen these stolen bits of, I think it was like somewhere or something. And, um, and Del Boy's saying, oh, you know, you're after someone. And the police officer goes, no, you know, me and the wife are going on a holiday. You've got to look the part, ain't you? Which I thought was a really, really yeah. good line. Um, so then after, you know, they've, uh, they've found out they can't make the allotment in that time. Um, then Granddad says, I know somewhere else that we can we can put the shelter. And the next scene, we see them in the shelter. It's being built. And, yeah, this yeah, we're is how... We're, we're not told no. where it was built. And that's, again, just another example of really clever writing because that mm. comes all on its own at the end. It makes the episode, really. Yeah, definitely. It's like the whole episode's the punchline. Yeah. And that's kind of like the middle part of the joke. So, and it's great. And this is where, like, that, that sort of the bottle episode thing, I suppose, sort of starts. You know, this is where, like, it is just in one location, like the rest of the episode. Yeah. I, really good, really good. Yeah, this is where the bottle episode really comes into itself. And yeah. To be honest, at this point, we're kind of, how long would you say, like 10 minutes into the episode? Yeah, I think so. So it's like only that, like yeah. half the episode, really, which, yeah. is, which is in this. So it just goes to show they didn't do this to, mm. to try and save money or anything like that. Mm. They did this because they did want to put the characters in this environment, which I, I really like. Definitely. Like, it's really good to do. Oh, great, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they it's when uh, Del Boy goes on this speech about the fact that the um the British public has uh, been denied a good war and uh he's you know saying that oh the youth of today they're um doing their national service but they're doing it on the space invaders and he, he says like uh oh you know we have this the, the British Britain have this glorious image of you know, over the top chaps and the youth you know we need that and that's what triggers uh granddad to to say you know to pull him up on what he's saying and say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. He goes into this story about how he saw people come back from the war and there was no glorious sights being seen here. There were people coming back with... It's a real heartfelt speech. Very heartfelt speech. Probably like the most emotive. Um, this, mm. There are quite a few of emotional moments in, in Only Fools, but this is probably up there, to be honest. Mm. It's not even directly relates to one of the characters. No. Just... Kind of shows how good of an actor Leonard Pierce was. Definitely, yeah. That speech so well and put a lot of heart into it. Yeah, you do think there was a lot of heart in it because obviously he lived through the war. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, he, he met Hitler. Like, he met he, Hitler. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of heart going to that. It's a great speech. Great, great speech. Yeah, and he uh, he ends it with saying, 
you know, talking about all the sacrifices that people from who fought for Britain in the war had made, and um, the fact that when they came home, um, they were promised uh, homes fit for heroes. And he says uh, they gave us heroes fit for homes, which is uh, referring to a statement made by Lloyd George after the Housing and Towns Planning Act in uh, 1919 got passed. Glorious, valiant war, that. Don't talk like a Burkdale. Do what? What do you know about it anyway? The only war you ever fought is the Inch War. Eh? No, I've seen all the films, haven't I? Tomato sauce and stuntmen. I'm talking about the real thing. I remember when I was a little nipper and I saw the soldiers marching off to battle. Oh, yes. It was a glorious sight, all right. Yeah, I bet all them spears and chariots must have stirred the blood, wasn't they? (laughs) Just steer him out, will we? All right, all right. My brother George was at Passchendaele. Now, and half a million Allied troops died there, all for five miles of mud. I was at King's Cross Station when his regiment come home after the armistice. Most of them was carried off the train. I saw men with limbs missing, blind men, men who couldn't breathe properly because their lungs had been shot to bits by mustard gas. While the nation celebrated, they was hidden away in big grey buildings, far from the public gaze. I mean, courage like that could put you right off your victory dinner, couldn't it? They promised us homes fit for heroes. They give us heroes fit for homes. And brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, speech right there. And I think it's kind of ruined by the next line, which Rodney goes, you know, I'd I'd never shoot at a... uh, I'd never, I'd never shoot at, uh, I never, sorry, I never wear a British uniform on principle. Del goes, what principle? The principle a Russian might shoot at it. Then Grandad says something about like how he saw people who would be pretending to be older than they were in order to sign up for the military, and then he talks about his uncle. I think he says his uncle George, and then Rodney goes, what did he? pretend he was older and he goes no he, he said he was younger than he was to get out of and it's a good joke but it kind of ruins like i don't know it's sort of i don't know it was seemed tacked on to that speech i, I don't know I, I think it was a bit of a sloppy I way i didn't mind it what yeah. i like about that is always they all have different opinions yeah it kind of shows um three different stereotypes probably like social situations and mm. views on that that political event at the time which were quite mm. like um uh, we probably didn't notice it when we watch it later, but when you think about it, if you were to put yourself back in that time yeah. and watch that episode, then it would kind of come to light. And I like that, actually. It's very um, current for that time, yeah. which is pretty cool. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's Then we get this line uh, when Rodney's talking about radiation poisoning and what it would do to people, um, that Dell says, um, it sounds like Stamford Bridge after a bad result. Yeah, and great line, that. It's a great line, and it, it brings into discussion that we've had in the pub um, more than once, probably, when we were talking about what football team do the Trotters support? Because here it seems like they're making reference to Chelsea, who also play at Stamford Bridge. And later on in the episode, uh, Touch of Class, uh, Rodney talks about wanting to take Victoria to a Chelsea game. Yeah. And then later on, we, we hear flashbacks when Rodney's uh, granddad talks about how, oh, uh, his father always said Dell would make it, but then again, he, he said Millwall would win the UEFA Cup. Um, and in Rock and Chips as well, they talk about going to a, a Millwall or coming home yeah. from a Millwall game. 
And I think they also might mention West Ham at one point as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the fact is, if I was to make a decision, if you had to ask my opinion, Mm. probably say it wasn't Stamford Bridge because that what that joke that Dell just made is a bit of a dig. Mm. I'll put it down to two clubs. One you could argue Mirwall because obviously it makes geographical sense. Yeah. It's not far from from the den, so could be there. Um, but I would probably lean more towards Charlton just because of Charlton. Rodney's middle name. Charlton, Charlton, of course, and I yeah. Think, I think it's the type of thing where the dad supported... They're rivals Mirwall. as well, aren't they? Mirwall, yeah, Charlton, they're yeah, rivals. Yeah. So the dad supported Mirwall. Yeah. And I always think because his dad supported him, Dell wouldn't follow in his footsteps. He'd follow mm. his mum's footsteps who apparently supported Charlton. Right, yeah. So I reckon they'd follow Charlton. Personally, that's what I think. Do you think? And, and then there's never any any digs at Charlton or anything like that. No. It's only the fact that Rodney's middle name is Charlton. So, yeah. I mean, do you do you ever think that like it's a bit of like symbolism? Potentially, yeah. yeah. It would have been a cool idea to write that in. It would definitely yeah. brought a lot more banter into it. But I don't think maybe John Sullivan didn't want to. Yeah. Maybe bring that too much because he didn't want that to to cloud the rest of the show and the rest of the jokes and that. I think mm. a bit of football banter in the middle would have been too often yeah. it would have been a bit too much it would have spoiled the show a little bit so yeah. the fact the odd joke here and there is good yeah. um, and it appeals I... to an audience as well but that's probably why I didn't write too much about it but if yeah if you had to ask my opinion I'd probably say it's Charlton for, for the Trot Brothers and yeah. then obviously Grandad I'd probably say Grandad was me all the thing is that we, we know that like um, John Sullivan was you know used to play football he doesn't know about football um, as I say like I might have mentioned that he had that fouled pilot yeah. of um, someone trying to be a football manager. So he was a football fan, I presume. So it's not just one of these cases where, oh, he's, he just hasn't done his research. He thinks Mill will play at Stamford Bridge. Like, he does, you know, obviously knows about football. So, yeah, who knows what it could be. Um, but anyway, so there's a great line there. And then they, they talk about, they talk about women. And so they're talking about Rodney's plan to reproduce um, when, you know, all of this nuclear war happens. Um, and I'm just going to say before you go into this yeah. one, these are the one bit of the episode where it doesn't really sit well for me. No, um, yeah. It's, good. it's a bit strange. Yeah. And it's one of those points where if you uh, if we bring up the bad parts of the show, I'd probably throw this bit in there. I just yeah. find it a little bit weird, but go on, you go on and explain is, yeah. the story. Well, I mean, it is, this, this is a good, like, it's a good show actually to talk about the differences in, in taste and offensiveness between when it was made and and maybe how we're viewing it now. Yeah. Because this show, you know, we, we've touched on racism. I think we're going to get, we touched a bit of homophobia. And now let's, let's go smack diving headfirst into sexism with, uh, with what they say here. Um, and they're uh, talking about Rodney's um, previous women uh, that he's dated and calling them, calling them dogs, calling women it. Um, yeah. Absolute mads. Actually fun uh, bit of fact, actually, do you know the word old mare? Do you know what that's about? That's, um, Oh, a mare is a type of horse. Yeah. So when they call uh, females, oh, this old mare, they're comparing a female to a horse, mm. which something I didn't, I didn't know until until recently. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Learn so, something new every day. Learn something new every the day. Of fools and horses. If you want to find a new way to be offensive, listen to um, this podcast. We'll, we'll give you. Uh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, then, I'll throw a couple more little facts in. Go uh, on. We, we'll crack on with the rest. This may of or the, may uh, not be cut out, depending on how the no, discussion they're good. goes. They're, they're good. good. All right. Uh, and it's not going to get cut out. And we'll carry on with the synopsis after this, but it's a couple mm. of little facts. Oh, uh, sorry, I thought you talked about facts about like offensive uh, 
no, not terms to call female. This is, about, this is about this episode. Oh, sorry. I thought, I, thought, I thought when I was, I was saying, oh, offensive lines. Oh, no, 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 Here's we, a few more. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not, no, no, no. It's not offensive. Just a couple of fun yeah, facts yeah. about the episode. Mm. All right. Um, when David Jason was 14, he appeared in juvenile court for stealing lead. Mm. Ah, I, okay, yeah. I was I was just about you go on, but yeah, I've got an interesting. Have you got that? Have you got that already? Well, I've I've got an interesting fact about. We haven't swapped facts. This is no, no. This this is something I didn't have, but it's very similar to something I'm going to say. Go on. Okay, so obviously, obviously, this whole episode is about girl boys stealing three tons of lead. So it's a nice little thing there. And also, did you know that uh, this is David Jason's favorite episode? Really? Yeah. Wouldn't have thought that. There you go. I thought he he's told people it was Miami twice. Oh well, I've got here. Yeah. According to IMDb, yeah, that this is his favorite episode. So really? his personal favorite. So mm. it could be either or, I suppose. Mm. But obviously, at one point, I imagine you did think this one was one of his favorites. Yeah, so. yeah. maybe it's an easy day of filming. You know, yeah, go go to the set, film one scene in the flat, one scene. Also, out the I also imagine it's quite fun. Just yeah, them yeah. three stuck in a room. Yeah, I reckon that is quite fun. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So similar to that, actually, the the. Uh, the idea of the script was based on a true story. Um, John Sullivan was reading about um, a group of people who had actually purchased lead and built an air raid, an air raid uh, shelter. So, yeah, so it's... Uh, you do hear about it. Yeah. You hear about it in America. Yeah. Not so much over here. No. I'm sure there are people who do it over here. Oh, have you not got an air raid shelter? Not just in case. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. I do have one. Do you? Yeah, it's yeah, fair, so... fair. I mean, you've got to, got to have one. You never know. Bloody idiot I am, of course I do. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Who's yeah. anyone here about your air raid shelter? Yeah, you've got an air raid shelter, mate. Yeah, you're well, not if living. someone comes in and says they haven't got an air raid shelter, I tell them to get out. Get out. Get an air raid I, 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 don't, I don't believe them at first. I say, no, you're yeah, putting yeah. me on. Have I me mean, on. to be honest, you can get one of your pint of milk when you go to the corner shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, my cats have an air raid shelter. <laughs> like, they've got a, you've got a, you know. So, um, it's at this point when they're discussing their plan for the future about what they what it's going to need what they're going to take to survive they're going to take um so they've got these air filters and they're saying they're going to need like i don't know a few thousand of those however much food to survive and a a what you call it a big um like container the size of a few football pitches to hold it all in <laughs> yeah and um del boy's saying that you know, he he look after. He actually, there is a good, a really good line in here, where um <laughs> they're talking about um like the fact that oh the some schools. This is another one that maybe. Well, not, this is this is the one. This yeah, is the one for me. That the offensive. This is the offensive. This crossed one. the line. This crosses a line. So VAR is, was happening. The other one, you go. That's all right. That's not, so. Goal on technology is happening. That last that last bit they weren't in, but this yeah, one. This, this is the bit for me about the school. This um, is where it's definitely it's definitely a goal. It's definitely crossed yeah, the line. I find this a bit two, strange. Two touches. I yeah. find this a bit strange, to be honest. Um, so so Rod, so they're talking about Roddy's talking about the fact that um, I've always found it a bit strange as well, even when I was younger. Yeah. Before all the political correctness, which is like, bolstered in the last like five years, I've always thought this was a bit odd. He's a very he's very odd. Like, I don't know what they. Re- it's it's strange. I don't know what they refer to as school. Do they refer to a school as a university? That still count no, as a school? I, I, or do they I actually think, mean no, a school? because they talk about like school uniforms. And so, so do you want to tell the story first? Right. And then we'll have a discussion about it. Yeah. So, so basically, Rodney's talking about oh, you know, who else's air raid shelters? Um, like these posh upper class schools, like was he called it Rodine or something? 
and yeah, uh, I think that's a local school oh, in right. the Peckham area. So that's, it, why, oh, yeah, right. that's why they brought. I'm it suspicious up, by yeah. your, your knowledge, quick fire knowledge of that. Well, they've got an aero shop, mate. So oh, oh, just cool. in, that's, in, where, that's where I got mine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I yeah. got mine from this. So yeah, yeah, same manufacturer. Yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, he's talking about the fact that they are these Pete Rodine school has air raid shelters and, and Rodney says oh picture that you know girls in school uniforms and Delboy calls him a sicko and Rodney says you know oh, the, uh, I, the school uniforms are of no importance I don't even know why I said it and Delboy goes well it's probably because you're a, a twisted little pervert and yeah. Rodney says yeah that might have something to do with it which is a great line but yeah, as we were saying, it's a bit it's a, Rodney, it's a, how old is Rodney at this point? He's like he's twenty. He's about twenty. He's twenty two, I think. Twenty two. So these girls, mm. the girls he's referring to, if they're in school, they're mm. going to be like like oldest sixteen. Yeah, so that's a bit weird. <laughs> it's very well. It's, it's a bit weird. weird and glad, it's, it's, it's illegal, isn't it? It's illegal. Yeah, illegal. It's, I'm pretty actually. Well, actually, I don't think. It, it's, when was the age? Well, of, listen. Uh, we don't know. We're not disclosing. All I'm we're not, saying, we're, we're not saying we're. Don't accuse I've, us. Of I've never slept with any sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> They've been attracted to any sixteen-year-olds. I never even met any sixteen. Year- <laughs> I was never. I've I've never been under the age myself of eighteen. <laughs> so I don't even. I don't even know what sixteen-year-old no, is. I can't even count to sixteen. I can't count so, to no. But yeah, so it was a bit strange. I'm glad Dale pulled some up on it. But mm. what's a bit stranger is Dale kind of adds to the story. Mm. Uh, by saying about how one of these girls in their school uniforms could be a hundredth in line for the throne, mm. and if they all, if obviously a bomb drops, everyone gets wiped out. All of a sudden, she's in line for the throne. Mm. So they're talking about how they could go off and marry them and and, mm. and produce with them, and yeah, it was just a bit odd. It's Very just odd. a really strange bit. It's a, it, it puts a bit of a dark cloud over this episode. Just a little one. It doesn't ruin the episode, but yeah. just. That and the, the the quite offensive female chat. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very. But, it's a couple um, of iffy moments. In this very, episode, iffy, but yeah. I still like it. I still think it's a great episode. Mm. The ending, I think, was really good. Where um, Del talks about the fact that after this war, you know, one of the things we'll look look forward to is that, um, or I suppose a consolation of it would be that the fact that everyone will be equal. No one will have nothing. He goes, except for us. And Ronnie's going, well, what will we have? And he goes, we've got a, a grand's worth of lead. Yeah. Great line. And then Del says, you know, we'll all be all right. Um, and he's a really, really poignant line this. He says, you know, we'll be all right because we're survivors. And um, then he goes, when a nuclear war happens, we'll be as safe as ours is. And it's at that point where we, pat, like, we zoom out and we find out they're on the roof. And they're on the roof of the tower block. Yeah. So. Great. Uh, but also that line, though. Not, like, safe, not safe at all. But that, yeah, and that that line as well about the fact that we'll survive because we're survivors. That's that's such a that, that, yeah. there's ever a line to to summarize the Trotter the, story. Yeah, this episode kind of sums up the Trotter story. That's what, a few times because yeah. the whole plan of it as well. Oh, it, when they say it, it sounds like a good idea. Mm. Let's build an airway shelter and has a bomb drop. Sounds sensible. Mm. However, when you look at all the flaws, mm. they don't have. They don't know the first thing about surviving about in a, in a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. They don't know where they're going to put food or batteries or water mm. or anything like that. And the fact that they've built it on the top of a roof that shows how flawed they are. Now they don't yeah. really think think things through. Yeah. Um. And that kind of sums up every scheme that the Trotters have. But they they are survivors, and they just keep going. If you think about it, like the Trotters. The, the, the whole story of the trials is about survival. Like that's that's what they're doing day to day to to survive. And at times when when they do make it rich, you know, 
spoiler for later, they do end up making it rich. But when they do make it big, Del Boy, he gets sad because now they're thriving. They're no longer just surviving. And that was there was a thrill in that, that I think. And it, same with, with Rodney as well. When he, like... Was making money. He's with Cassandra's dad. Hundred percent. Yeah. He 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 wasn't just surviving anymore. And I think maybe subconsciously, not like knowingly, but the trotters like that little thrill of they having like, to survive. They like not knowing where the next pound's coming from. Yeah, and I mean that's what that's what they love, and that's what we love watching. Yeah, it's, it's not entertaining to watch them when they're rich. We want to see them. Yeah. Skiving, ducking, and diving, and and. And it's not something they actively enjoyed being poor, but just maybe subconsciously it was like, yeah, I don't know. It makes a, them stronger as people. Yeah, there, yeah, and there was a thrill, thrill in that. And, and I, I think, yeah. Another thing is... I'll cut that, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. But... Mm. Well, well, if we um, cycle back to the, the chat about offensiveness, uh, there's one thing I did also forget. We're not done with the offensiveness in this episode. Um, they were talking about... Granddad was talking about, you know, he was saying, I think it's, yeah, I think it was Granddad who was saying, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to a nuclear war. And why would you? I'm not looking forward to it. Um, he says, you know, if it happens, he was saying, I'm not looking forward to the fact that there's going to be nothing open, nothing around for miles, there'll be nothing to eat. And then Del Boy says the line, well, I'm sure there's going to be some P word shop yeah. open. Um it's at this point, also, in the reruns of this, so in the reruns of this, they've cut this line out, and fair fair enough. In doing that, they do actually ruin the joke a bit, because they, what they replace it um, over, what they replace over that is an exterior shot of the air raid shell on the roof. So they've ruined the punchline by doing that um, in those reruns. But, I mean, yeah, I, I'd say it's a good idea to cut that line out, because that's just, they can't be saying that. Um, no, you can't. The thing is, though, it's one of the, it was a sign of the times back mm. in in the eighties that was acceptable to say, mm. and it was because this was a prime time. It wasn't prime time at this point, but this was a, a BBC One show. Mm. So the fact is, they allowed it to pass. Then it was just an acceptable thing to say. Now mm. it's not. No, no. That just shows, and it's good that times have changed. Because yeah, it's an offensive word. Yeah. Um, so it's good they've cut it really, but um, mm. I don't think it's one of those things where we should say, "Oh, it's wrong that they said it in the first place," because mm. they were just. You know, it, it was allowed back then. I know mm. that's not a justification for it, but it mm. just was. So it's yeah, it's um, but yes, yeah, so this episode it, a very good episode, but it got the asterisks next to it. It was content, you know, a bit offensive. Yeah, there's a couple of moments in this episode. Mm. Uh, but it's a good, it's a great episode overall. Um, another, another weird thing to point out. Yeah, uh, I might be wrong in saying this, but as at the end of it, when it pans out and shows the air raid shelter, mm. they're going to bed. But it's daytime, as it turns out. Mm. I've always noticed that, and it's always bothered me. That's very interesting, yeah. yeah. I know they've done it to so you can clearly see the air raid shelter mm. on the roof in daylight, but always bothered me that. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah. bothered me. That's, I didn't think about that. It's very interesting, yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We hope you can join us for the next episode of the podcast where we'll be talking about Series 2 of Only Fools and Horses and the showdown between Del Boy and Boise. Yes, we're talking about the episode, A Losing Streak. So hopefully you can join us for that episode because it is going to be brilliant. As I say, this show, Only Fools and Horses, just gets better and better through time until the last three episodes and then the Comic Relief special, which was an abomination. Just, just making that clear, if I, I hadn't already. 
in the episode. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you can listen to it again next time. Uh, Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Oh,